0: And yeah. Welcome into 11 Personnel, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett here to talk about Kentucky's upcoming matchup with NC State in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, the 2021 edition of the Gator Bowl. And Luckett, since ESPN became the controller of all bowl games, uh, I get really thrown off by like dates and stuff. Uh, I, I felt like this first happened in, I guess it would be, it was Kentucky's f- first bowl run with Brooks when they really started doing it a lot. And you started seeing a bunch more bowl games, but they would have one, like there was two, they played the Music City Bowl in the same year twice because it like straddled that weekend where it was like, oh, well, we'll just play January. It, it makes it very confusing for me to suss out but we know that this is the end of the 2020 season so i guess the 2020 texler gator bowl
1: yeah um nfl sunday messes it up too like there's some years where we won't get new year's day it would be the
0: january 2nd mm-hmm. um the playoff messes it up whenever they try right. that new year's eve experiment because with-
1: for the longest time these games were locked into certain days Right, right. But now, since ESPN pretty much owns all the bowl games, mm-hmm. they just shuffle all over the place. So you're right. You never really know. Um, this today is usually kind of like the, on a more year, it's the kickoff for like big bowl, big boy bowl season starting. Um, right. Usually the Alamo bowl, it's like the first big night bowl game. And that's tonight with Texas and Colorado. Well, mm-hmm. it'll be played by the time you hear this. Old school, Big gentlemen. 12.
0: Matchup, old school
1: Big Twelve matchup. So this is this is typically the bowl week, um where you have games every day and whatnot. But with some COVID cancellations, TCU backing out, Tennessee backing out, Missouri backing out.
0: The damn Texas schools. The between Houston and TCU and SMU. I don't think any of them have been able to play consecutive weeks. Like that whole damn state is just like all over each other. Yeah.
1: I hated it. I was looking forward to that Arkansas-TCU matchup. It's old school, southwest rivalry. Yeah. Playing in Texas.
0: G- give Sam Pittman a bowl game in his first yeah. year? None right. of those Razorback fans expected that.
1: Right. And then Tennessee-West Virginia. Could've, that would have been a big game for West Virginia people, I feel like. You oh, play Tennessee. Yeah.
0: Appalachia. Ooh, who wins? The Coonskin Cat Volunteer or the Mountaineer? Right. Now you get West Virginia
1: Navy – or not West Virginia Army, excuse me. It should be a pretty fun game. But it just it just stinks. Usually you get multiple games a day, and now for most of these days we're only getting two games. Yeah. Still, you know, New Year's Day and then the day after when Kentucky's playing NC State on the second. But, I mean, it is what it is. They did get one thing right, and the playoff is on New Year's Day, which is where it should be.
0: Right, right. Not on New Year's Eve
1: or whatnot.
0: Yeah, I – I will say there is a nice novelty in a good New Year's Eve game, like the year that Johnny Football, so it would have been after they did the New Year Six, mm-hmm. when he played against Duke. I remember being at Two Keys watching that game, and I was more enthralled by what was happening in the football game than whatever yeah. social thing. I was, was in
1: a, part. I was in Nashville for New Year's. I remember that.
0: Yeah, it was a great game. They, there was like, um, there was a big concert 17?
1: on Bro- on Broadway, yeah, and I just remember of uh, one of those bars or restaurants there with a TV in the window, and I was just watching that game for like four, probably forty five minutes to an hour because that was a he was like crazy comeback. Like Duke was up big early, and he had you know Johnny football went, went nuts there. But yeah, yeah, it's funny how you remember certain games like that. Like I remember. It was then the Alamo Bowl. TCU had a crazy comeback against Oregon. And that was another one where I believe I was out for, I believe it was a New Year's Eve, but it was like a bachelor party trip. And, the, and that was like, the, they were, uh, Oregon was up like 35 to three at halftime. And then TCU came back and won. And I just remember watching that entire second half in a bar somewhere mm-hmm. out for New Year's. It's funny how you remember.
0: Yeah random games like that yeah and i mean they're they're big ones that will always hold a place in your heart like national championships i remember staying up late for the boise state oklahoma game and i was yeah middle school ish maybe high school i was probably a freshman high school at that point and i normally wouldn't have stayed up for that game it was kind of close and so just me and my dad hanging out watching it and then all that went crazy and there's one other random one that sticks out and i think it ended up being kind of a blowout but it was a few years back after the music city bowl fiasco where benny snell got tossed and i just walked over it was one of the like between the UFL game happening and like all of the kind of chaos during the day none of my friends were still conscious by the time that i got finished working the music city bowl so i just walked across the bridge i was hungry and Mm -hmm. i just ate at the bar at hooters and watched uh, Paul Crist break the turnover chain and say, like, you want your turnover chain? That turnover chain. And uh, Wisconsin beat the crap out of Miami.
1: That, from a bold trip standpoint, that was probably the most fun I've had, even with Kentucky losing. Because you had that Kentucky-Louisville game that that morning. You had all
0: day... When you beat Louisville that bad too, it's all great. Yeah, <laughs> and so
1: that was the ultimate tailgate before a football game, and then it's walk into the parking lot. Let's finish a couple more drinks before we go in here, and then you know that was the Kentucky Northwestern game was a fun game. All things considered, the ending. I met done. Darren
0: Rovell there, right? Uh, had a conversation with him, and he was like a normal human, which was like, oh, this is kind of nice. Like he's not uh, playing up the shtick well and he was also too he was still liked for a certain like to a certain extent you know he wasn't completely yeah yeah like, yeah 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 getting dunked on at that point all the time he was while you walk in the line but it wasn't he wasn't over exactly exactly he was still in like oh he's just a lovable nerd who doesn't know what a personality is um but he's just like a huge northwestern fan which like good for you buddy um you know now he's he's very big dork but whatever uh, enough Darren Rovell talk. I've got to get mad at the Miami Hurricanes because they're playing the cheese It ball right now. And this is the ultimate game like it, where every time I think I'm good and they're in that two point window, something happens. So in the first half, Derek King walks in the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah. Look yeah. up and then he's on the ground. It's like, wait, whoa, 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 hold up. You were just in the end zone. What the hell happened? And Instead, he goes down with a freaking knee injury. And, you know, they settle for a field goal. And Kosey Perry comes in. But he comes in, scores, and then they get the two-point conversion. I leave the room, go give the baby a bath. And I come back, and they didn't have the two-point conversion. What the hell happened? Yeah, yeah. That's gambling, man. Um, but, like, I mean, how Miami? Just there. Well, Miami's so becoming
1: 11-personnel tradition. Last year during the bowl preview pod, we had Miami Louisiana Tech on
0: with that oh, fiasco God. where they were
1: shut out, and now we have them playing a pretty fun game right now. Both at Camping State, World Stadium
0: down too, in Orlando, if I'm correct, right? One, last
1: year was in Shreveport, I think. I think that was Independence Bowl.
0: Oh yeah, that's right because they had which the we really don't get this year. year yeah, the Shreveport mayor like in front of a factory saying like, "Come to our." <laughs> Come to our town. Come to
1: our factory mill town.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and, like, that's another thing, too. I know we got, like, a camellia bowl on Christmas Day that, like, I was just like, what the hell's happening right now? like that. Yeah, I love
1: We We had it on at, at the house. I loved it.
0: That was one of the better sporting events of Christmas Day, too. NBA basketball, that was garbage. I mean, I don't think there was one game within t- that was decided by single digits. The NFL game. Was that was I think the day Camara scored a it was 17. fun to watch the NFL game. Yeah, they but six touchdowns.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. He just he ran it up. Um, but so it was like, oh, Camellia Bowl. Oh, first, what's a, what's a Camellia? Like, where where are we getting that from? Is that is that a town? Like, I know it's in Montgomery. Is that a brand of something? I think I that's know. what I'm missing. Is the very bad brands that I've never heard of before. Yeah, that well, are you get one t- bowls. You get one tomorrow. Yeah. First I, game. It's Duke's the Arizona. Oh, no, no, no. Your son, your
1: son has a mayo, and he's sponsoring <laughs> a bowl
0: tomorrow. <laughs> well, and, and they're taking the, the Belk Bowls mm-hmm. uh, title, and since I still followed them from last year's stuff, th- their social media team still is incredible. Um, but there's there's one that's – whoever sponsors the a- Arizona Bowl, it's like the color Ed Bowl or
1: – Yeah, it's got a weird name. The um, one I'm that to pull I think. up right now.
0: I think the one that I enjoyed most was uh, the ba- the Bahamas Bowl that was sponsored by the Industrial Park right. in yeah, Chicago. Because <laughs> it's just it's so cheap to, it's you get a lot of bang for your buck if you sponsor a bowl game. So like you know you what, know. if you're gonna spend a lot on advertising, why not just do it all at once? The Offer Pad Arizona Bowl in Tucson at the Arizona Stadium. So what do we like? I'm sure that's probably like some sort of Groupon. Is that that's my best guess as of what an offer. I've never pad heard is. of an
1: offer pad before.
0: Is it? I'm gonna guess it's like a Groupon. Do you have a, a any sort of guess as to what it might be? No. See, it used to
1: be sponsored
0: by Nova Home Loans, oh but goodness.
1: they just they did decline I'm on Wikipedia right now. They declined oh, to renew sponsor sponsorship. A sponsorship. Um, offer pad doesn't even have a wikipedia page so
0: what, offer pad? what is it? i'm not sure what that is i mean the easiest way to sell your home offer the real estate e- agency jesus never would guess that the cheese it bowl is doing a great job of maximizing their branding because they've got a. Bunch yes they yes of that's, that's the way you do it that's the, the way zone. you do it
1: I mean yeah. they're doing it correctly. The just, the cheese a bowl bath, the cheese it bath, they fill up a cooler and then the winning team dumps that on the coach. Oh man,
0: the potato bowl when they dump the french fries.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I hope we get that from the Dukes Mayo bowl tomorrow. We just get oh Mayo god. dumped on Paul Chris.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a terrible game. What well, let's just I was looking at the slate and the more I looked at it, the more I was like god, these games kind of suck. Is it am, – am, am I being – It's not t- – it's not,
1: it's not great. I will say that.
0: Because, um, like, like – There's like, some games that could be enticing, like mm-hmm. Florida-Oklahoma, but nobody's playing for Florida.
1: New Year's Day is good. You got the two playoff games. You got Cincinnati, Georgia, Auburn, Northwestern.
0: Both I SEC like, teams, though, are like, oh, my – what are they going to do, you know?
1: The day Kentucky's playing, you know, it's Kentucky-NC State. Outside of those two fan bases, not a lot of people will be excited in that. But Ole Miss-Indiana, I think that's, a lot of people are going to want to watch.
0: It's going to be a great game. Yeah.
1: Oregon-Iowa State, I like that matchup. And then North carolina A M and should be back versus A&M at, at night. I think that's a good matchup. But, yeah, I mean, there's not it's – not, it's not a great slate. Not a great bowl slate so far. To, tomorrow we only – Wednesday, December 30th, when you really should be ramping up and having some – Good like game. three you, games, three or four games. Al- well, you only get two because the Music City Bowl was canceled. Um, no Missouri, Iowa. So, but Florida, Oklahoma. I think that, that's a good matchup. Um, the Alamo Bowl, which you talked about, that's usually one of my favorite bowl games. But Colorado, Texas is not, you know, not the greatest matchup. That game's usually pretty fun, but that one doesn't really excite me this season. Oklahoma State, Miami. What's going on right now? That's probably one of the better matchups we have. But yeah. I think overall it's less bowl games and the matchups aren't as great, for sure. West Virginia Army is kind of a weird one. That, I, think I think that's that could gonna be, be a good game.
0: Yeah, I think that's gonna have a ton of points just because yeah. Army people don't aren't ready for that triple option. They go up and run it up, and West Virginia they they Neil Brown can put up some points, so that one should be fun. Uh, I'm I'm worried with so you had all the Florida opt outs, which i I'm I'm, I'm I'm what get it my weird be that i'm kind of worried about bowl games because derek king he's one of those guys who decides like i'm going to yeah. be the guy and you know who, what
1: that storyline's going to be too oh
0: it's going to be awful because his family's been through enough crap as is too yeah. with dad dying, his mom had battled cancer this year like that that would just be awful and then to add to it uh i read a thing today where somebody kind of broke down like, well, what if there was just a group of five playoff? Um, because, you know, if you had yeah, – I tweeted,
1: I tweeted about it last week. Just how – like, I, I did if they did top 16. Like, some of the matchups in there would be pretty fun. And, and they could own the month of December leading into some of the bigger bowl games.
0: Well, and the way that they put it, if it was just a four-teamer with Coastal, Liberty, BYU, and Cincinnati mm-hmm. this year. The The big reason why you would do that is for the TV money. And those schools, even though they're good, fun games that people love talking about, and it's on game day, and it's great stories, people still, they, they tune in to name brands. and Yeah, no doubt. And ratings in general this year, I'm hoping it's just an anomaly because all of these bowl games and all the kind of having 40 of them or whatever it is. They're driven because of ratings. They're some of the most watched things that on on television anytime, anywhere. And I worry that, like, okay, if 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 they don't bounce back next year, I worry what's going to happen because sports ratings are down across the board, and that's that, 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 that. it makes me worry that the bubble is going to burst. I mean, this applies to all sports like it. I think it's just some COVID, you know, mixed with fatigue and a bunch of mm-hmm. sports happening at the same time and getting out of our routines. But if it doesn't bounce back, then I do worry that with b- between that and just the insane amount of opt-outs that our, our our bowl game fun is is going to lose a lot of its luster.
1: Yeah, I mean, the playoff in a way killed it uh, because it's, it's just taken over. I don't really know what to think about the, those ratings because I know that was a big thing when the NBA was going on. Um, some people were bringing that up. But, it, I mean, it's down for everybody, but it's also the weirdest season ever. Right. Like it, it can be hard to watch some of these games, you know, without a crowd. Like watching college basketball has been really weird this year.
0: It sucked, yeah. <laughs> and
1: even NBA, too. I think the, that's – the NBA not in the bubble. Regular. That's the one I think you notice the most of the crowd not being there not necessarily See, baseball or college football or the NFL. Uh, but that, that it's just, it's really weird watching them play kind of in, in, in the arena.
0: I haven't even watched an NBA game. I guess I had it on in the background, but I hadn't even noticed it. I love the bubble. The bubble is probably the most I've watched the NBA in forever. And that was a, the heart misses sports kind of deal. And it was on all the time. So it's like, of course I'm going to watch it. But I mean, you're asking me to watch other sports when football is happening. And it's just, come on.
1: Yeah. It's just, <laughs> um, so it's just different. I, You know, for a lot of people, um, this is an entertainment product. Tune in because it's entertaining. And without the fans there, that element takes away some of that entertainment value, I think, for, for everybody. Like, I'll be interested to see the Super Bowl ratings this year. Like, what do they look
0: like? Because it's going
1: to be a Super Bowl with nobody there.
0: Man, it's gonna be weird. You know, like you're used to the extravagance of a big halftime show, J Lo shaking her booty on stage, and right. It's just not. You're right. Look, like it, it. It's. It's. It's weird. Um, I think we just
1: gotta. I think it's important for all of us to not make too big of overreactions into this vacuum we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Let's just try to get out of it and see how it is. Uh, I think long term, I think the G five maybe separating off would probably. I think they would be happier, and I think probably the big wigs in college football would be happier, too. Um, but figuring out how they how they do that is the big question.
0: Right, I, especially you know, with talk, realignments, kind of. Yeah,
1: I've talked know. about how I think it's going to eventually in college football, the big schools are just going to break off and they'll hire a commissioner and they'll run it that way. But until that, that's probably a long way off for that to happen. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, just kind of enjoy it step by step. Um, it would be nice if they had an exciting playoff I think for the sport um if they could if those games could deliver I think that'd be good for the sport
0: i uh, I just drew a blank I did that thing like it where I went to start talking and didn't know what I was to say and what it was is that we're at the end of a pretty rough year and uh, there's plenty of reasons to be angry for a variety of reasons right uh, especially when we watch that that old basketball team man just to look back at some of the recent successes I felt like that's what they some people kind of want to do with Eddie Graham where it's like man you know things have't things are actually relatively not that bad i as angry as I wanted to be at the four and six season like there was a part of me when looking back at the good that happened to be like, man, things could be a lot worse. Like the floor for where Mark Stoops is at where like, like this is a bad year and you're going to the Gator Bowl. You know, this is,
1: it might've, it. it, (laughs) this might be a blessing to the skies that it happened now. Um, Because I think it was pretty obvious. It was leaning that way towards going to the end of the season that they needed to fix the passing game. And if they didn't get it fixed, like if they play at, play out the string in a normal year go eight and four, they're probably back for 2021. Mm-hmm. And then you just get more exposed in
0: 2021. And it's just it, – it doesn't speed up the process. Get you to the finish line faster,
1: which I think in hindsight, that will probably be the most important part of this year. The four and six season did stink, but I think it's important to remember you play two top five teams this year in back-to-back weeks in November. And then the other part of the schedule – they just didn't win close games. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of blowout wins, and they didn't win close games.
0: They didn't games really close play in the close fourth games. quarter. Like, they yeah, did. Yeah, well,
1: well, I'll go back to I'll go to Auburn, I'll go to Ole Miss, and I'll go to Missouri. Those are the three. Auburn, it's it's 15, 13 Kentucky has the ball with like twelve minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, the game is in. The, I mean, the game is in the balance. With each team has two possessions left in the game. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's going to win. Ole Miss, obviously, we know what happened in that game. Missouri, it's 17-10. Kentucky has the ball with nine or ten minutes left. So, like, they lose these games, two of them by double digits, but really they were right there. Like, the plays were there for them to make to go win the game, and they just they didn't do it in either instance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, two over more away from, the road, away from home, and then Ole Miss, you just lost a crazy game. But if you win one, two of those, it's it's just a totally different outlook on the year. And so that's what I think uh, Stoops mentioned a bunch of times this season about how, how all these teams are mashed up together and no one really feels like they're having all that good of a season. And yeah. I'll use LSU as a perfect example. LSU had three games where they have no business winning. <laughs> at Arkansas, at Florida, home against Ole Miss. They somehow win all three of those. They get to five and five it saves Orgeron a lot of heat this mm-hmm. offseason. season. if they lose those, they're possibly two and eight, maybe three and seven. They've only still won. And then it's just it's just a totally different kind well, of thing there.
0: I mean, and you can say the same thing about NC State too. <laughs> Kentucky's yes. Gator Bowl and that, opponent. They're and four in right. one score games in mm-hmm. all of the four are bad teams, excluding Liberty. Like you squeak out a win against Syracuse. You do that with Wake Forest. They won a lot of shootouts. A lot of shootouts in not very convincing fashion. So that's one reason to be like, you know what? Like, who have they beat? Who is NC State beat that makes you go like, oh, I mean. Yeah,
1: Nick, I, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do a little exercise with you
0: Oh, okay. for our I'm, listeners. I'm fine. I'm excited to exercise. It, it is gonna, resolution time, isn't it? We're going to go through NC State schedule. And
1: on a neutral field, I want you to answer, would Tennessee or Louisville beat this team?
0: Oh, okay, okay, all right. Um, this will be interesting because I'm sure Louisville's played some of them. Wake Forest. On a neutral
1: uh, – Louisville crushed them at home.
0: So, yeah,
1: yeah, they would. And Tennessee.
0: God. Talent yeah. advantage,
1: heavy Tennessee. Wake Forest is better coached.
0: Yeah. Um, Wake Forest can score too. So yeah, I would
1: probably lean Wake Forest, but that could go either way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Virginia Tech, I would probably favor Virginia Tech in both those matchups.
0: I would too. Yes. Okay.
1: Pittsburgh, I, think I would it's close, say,
0: but well, it's close. I, w- I would say, yeah, I would say both of those are close. Virginia is probably the same as Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, but I'd probably give Tennessee a, a more of an advantage over Virginia. Okay. And Louisville, you're still losing. Sorry.
1: Duke, both win. Oh,
0: yeah. Terrible.
1: North Carolina, both, both will lose. Yep. Miami, probably lose. Probably. Florida State, both will win. Right. Liberty. Both this is, Yeah, this is where I always struggle because Liberty, like who do they play really this season? They beat Virginia Tech on kind of a miracle field goal. Um, they should have beat NC State. NC State kind of blocks a field goal, or the, it gets a safety, or they would have won that game. But other than that, you know, you they don't They beat know.
0: Coastal.
1: Right, they beat Their Coastal. <laughs> that was
0: wild. Right. And then the last two are Syracuse and Georgia Tech. Which are both terrible. Yeah. Like, have so like, lost to Georgia Tech. Remember that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think if they played them again, that would – they would win i think there's some flukiness to that my, my point in this is they've played let's see here duke syracuse georgia tech are bad bad teams so they win the they've won those three in florida Miami state, just, uh, florida state i State. to them in there
0: okay so amy just got a two-point conversion to cut to three on a reverse there we go
1: and so <laughs> this
0: game's getting wonky <laughs> so they've had all
1: they've They've been blown out twice. Miami, they gave they gave a, a scare to. but they I just think they've benefited from their schedule a lot. Yeah, like it's I think a bad this is a, schedule. I think this is a solid football team, but this is not the number. Like they're ranked twenty fourth. There's there's they're not the twenty fourth best team in college football.
0: It's really by default. Like I, I think that's kind of how they they got to this point as far as the rankings go, where you're like, mm-hmm. oh well, you know they're a team from the ACC that kept on winning, right? They're their record is what Virginia t- Tech thought they would be, but the wheels have completely fallen off Fuente. The right. amount of people entering that transfer portal, I mean, Hooker's leaving too. I mean, they're a freaking mess. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the thing about NC State that, that they do just a couple of things that are just weird enough that kind of give you pause. Mm-hmm. And it's what we'll mention. You're going to hear about it time and time again this week, and that's that 3-3-5 defense Um, because it gave Kentucky so many fits in that Mississippi State game. Now, it was just the third game of the year, but UK sucked. Their offense was so bad in that game, and it's a good thing that the defense picked off 17 passes or else they were going nowhere fast. So, that would give me pause, however... Or they could have just gave the ball to Rodriguez, and that probably would have cured a lot of ills. There's that, and, like, Hearing Drake Jackson talk about it, where like it's his job to call out the, you know, what the defense is doing, he was pretty like, I mean, Mississippi State blitzes almost every single play where you're not going to see the same kind of stuff from NC State, and it, it feels like this version of it is much more palatable. So if it does give you pause, like it did initially for me, am I'm, I'm I'm not as initially worried about it as I was. Uh, Whenever I first found that out, when you posted that the night of uh, the bowl selection, which, man, how many weeks ago was that? I I can't keep track of things.
1: The one thing I'll say about that 3-3 stack is Zach Arnett, who's Mississippi State's defensive coordinator, comes off the rocky long tree, who is kind of the brainiac of that whole thing. Um, Tony Gibson, he's been running it for forever for Rich Rod. He he's not necessarily a part of that tree, so it's a little
0: different how they do things. Um, it's not as much confusion. It's probably more of that old school, uh, but, uh, like little league offense defense, where you slap them on the butt and it tells you to go one way or the yeah. other.
1: <laughs> but it's, I mean, at, at, yeah, at its point, it's trying to create <laughs> confusion and it wants to, um, it wants to get you behind the chains. That's what that's the biggest goal. So they're really willing to give up some yards um, to cash in on some negative plays. And that shows up what they rank six, I believe, nationally in tackles for loss.
0: Yeah, pretty two good. Two
1: inside linebackers are awesome, making plays all over the field. Peyton Wilson was is really, really, really damn good. Um, he's one of their highest-rated recruits. He's playing like an NFL guy. They've got a nose tackle who might be the best nose guy in college football. And you know, Aline McNeil is really going to be an interesting matchup for Drake Jackson. Um, Because he's going to keep a a center and guard occupied at most times to free up those linebackers to run around and make plays. And then they just, they're good on the defensive line. They've gotten production from all those guys. Um, And they protect what is a very young secondary and probably um, not very talented secondary when you look at some of the recruiting rankings. So, really, when I look at NC State, Dave Dorn entered this. That might have changed with COVID. He had brought in two coordinators. He promoted Tony Gibson, the defensive coordinator. He brought in Tim Beck, at offensive coordinator. And those dudes, they, they have made the biggest impacts on this team, I think. Just Gibson running this new type of style of defense, and it's really being successful. And then Beck just – they've had quarterback issues. They've got a guy playing now named Bailey Hockman, who for all intents and purposes has a rag arm. But they're still finding ways to get productive play from him and getting chunk yards, which is really a huge testament to Beck. Um in how he's designed this past game. So I think they're they've gotten really good.
0: I love really, the, the, the rag do you arm. Like the rag like, it's arm. like it's like you, you're trying to be nice. But you're like, he just got a rag arm. Yeah. We used so, to uh, when we used to talk trash at like baseball games, you've got a noodle arm. Right. Which, Noodle arm—it just reminds me of the uh, Waikiki inflatable guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can just imagine one of them trying to throw a football every time I hear it.
1: So, I think just their coordinators have done a really good job. um As a team, they've they found ways to win some close games, and a lot of coaching goes into that. Now you do need some uh, fortuitous bounces, uh, but you have to give them credit, and they got a chance to finish in the top twenty-five. It's going to be Dorn's, maybe his best season there in Raleigh. I mean, he's been there since Mark Stoops was hired at Kentucky. So, you have to give them them credit for getting to where they are. Um, If you look at the talent rankings, like in the composite, I think Kentucky's 26th, NC State's right around 33, 34. So, pretty, you know, talent's pretty pretty close. Pretty even.
0: And then when you look at the metrics, too, the line being at UK minus two or three or wherever it is right now. Yeah,
1: that just tells you what they think about the the ACC and the schedule
0: they played and and that 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 all kind of adds up the um the one thing that i am kind of excited for that got me a little fired up for this game was was talking to drake jackson today and i asked him about going up against mcneil and his kind of tone of voice change it was like a oh yeah where and he just rattled off some of the guys he's like i love going up against jeffrey simmons loved going up against uh javon kinlaw like that those are the kind of matchups I'll live for. And he had this, like, I'm going to murder somebody and they're, you're never going to hear about them ever again, kind of tone about it. So I, I, I'm, I'm I have a feeling he's going to put some of his best tape out there just for this game. It's got me excited for it. Uh, and I think another thing to get folks excited about is, uh, Josh Ali today. Uh, Sounds like he's – this won't be his last game as a Wildcat. Yeah, I don't think we should be surprised by that either. No, no, no. That's with the new Cohen hire
1: and the type of receivers the Rams use. Yeah. kind of fits the description of Josh Hawley. Fits the bill. So, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think he's a guy, if he didn't want to play Kentucky next year, he was probably a guy that was going to transfer somewhere. Yeah. I don't think he's really looking at the NFL. I think – Another year would really suit him. He didn't redshirt, so yeah, so it's only going to be his fifth, fifth year. year. Yeah, so I, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. I think that's good. Um, and my I think we're going to find out some more here coming up.
0: Yeah, I think, I think there's going to be a handful that'll handful that'll come back. I'm I'm wanting to dig in to see if there's anything to Bohan or not. I just
1: he's had some tweets lately that kind of alluded to this being his last game
0: i'm so it seems hoskins is going to the hula bowl and i kind of always got the sense that yeah. he was joking anyway about so
1: it's brandon Eccles.
0: yeah so those guys are definitely out i'm trying to think of any like is fortner i, I wonder what his school situation is um i because, know he
1: graduated he's working on a masters or something right Some so smart I can, smart stuff
0: oh yeah he's an engineer he's a genius so if he if he still has another year of school left, he might just be like, well, screw it. You know, I know a lot of those engineers do co-ops and stuff, but like, you know, football can be your (laughs) co-op. So, yeah. uh, And
1: I see a good one to have for sure.
0: He would be a good one to have back. But the big one's Darren Kennard. Um, And I know uh, Vince alluded to it today. Stoops did earlier this week as well. They're expecting the kind of underclassmen evaluation stuff to, to be back within days, really. So and that's gonna tell them a lot. And I'm, they've kind of hinted at it like it. They're like, you know, we've had a lot of guys who they they can really move up the board and we, we well, the, the like,
1: Wolfer comments. it sounded like he thought he was staying.
0: Did uh how did
1: I mean, you had to read it between the lines a little bit, but yeah, and I, I wasn't. It came sure. off as he thought he was staying because he said something about how he needs, um, needs stuff to work on, or that you know we got Darren Kennard coming back, or
0: it was it was heaven to come
1: back or something.
0: I was like, you could have up to uh, who who I don't know it was me or Derek or whatever, but you could have up to as many as four people gone. He's like, well, you know, if Kennard comes back, he kind of snuck that one in there, so. That one would be huge. Um, and maybe they're telling him, like, dude, just come back and prove you can play tackle. You know, don't don't be a guard. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that well, would suit him r- running that outside zone stuff, you know?
1: Their track record on these types of things, too. These guys usually have usually come, come back to school.
0: Right. Josh Allen. Really, Boom is the only exception. And he just kind of – he surprised everybody. Uh, yeah, but
1: that this what that boom was different because he wasn't getting drafted. You no, know, he was seventh, sixth round at best.
0: Right, like right. Kennard's
1: getting drafted. I mean, he's getting picked. Like Josh Allen, if he came out, he was getting picked. Mike Edwards, if he came out, he was getting picked.
0: It was just a matter of when or where.
1: Right. And then, like, like let's look at Lynn Bolden last year. Like, it was a no doubt. Or even Stoops came out and said like, he's done, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There was where Canard. There's a little bit of doubt there. I think it's because they know that they can probably get him into the first round with another year. Man.
0: I mean, hell, he's how many different All-American teams is he on right now?
1: Right. It's just another year of work if he keeps getting better like he is. And the thing with Canard, you can sell on it next year is you're going to be in more traditional pass sets with this offense. Um, the scheme we're bringing in is an NFL scheme that a lot of teams use you know, the cells there. And then plus you can show this track record of these guys that have came back who could have gone pro and it's worked out for, you know, all of these guys. So I think if I, did, I think he's coming back as of right now, just kind of reading in between the lines. He's in this weird no man's land of second to third round kind of area. And like, is that really what you want to do? They They don't really know his position. Like, some people probably think he's a guard right now. Dane Bruegler thinks he's a guard right now. Mm-hmm. Some people think he's a tackle. So he could come back and prove that he can play tackle. It's just um, an interesting spot. And if he wants to be a first-round pick, he needs to prove he can play tackle because you don't take guards unless they're Quentin Nelson in the first round. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot for him to come back. And he's only – he's a true junior. It would be his fourth year. I just, you know, he lost his offensive line coach and that's obviously a big deal. Um, how he gels with this new offensive line coach probably will say a lot in the decision. But I think I think it's it seems like Kentucky's probably pushing him hard to come back. And I think they have the sell there for him and the proven um proven it with a track record that's worked out for guys in his situation before.
0: Yeah, and the it really would be a huge get. I, I think Ali is probably the biggest sell just because there's no, there's, nothing there's nothing else, else at
1: receiver. I mean, right. there's just nothing. <laughs> so you get, that's like at least gives you something to lean on.
0: Give right. an
1: upshot together. It's a nice start.
0: Exactly, especially in, in that offense. Whereas like, I'm, I'm confident that Kentucky's recruited some guys that could play tackle. I mean, Nasir Watkins has played a lot of football um, for you. He's coming off injury. Jeremy Uh, Flax
1: was a highly rated recruit.
0: Yeah, so there's guys there. But still, having a guy come back that could be a consensus All-American. I mean, you would have four years in a row where there's guys on All-American teams that you can put in your record book. And, oh my goodness, that dude almost caught it inside the 10. This Miami-Oklahoma State game is getting nuts. Miami's down three, and they just threw a ball, a deep ball to the 10 and hit him in the hands and he dropped it.
1: Kosy Perry out there slinging it, man.
0: I know, man. I, they do some really dumb, like quarterback draw fakes with him, though. Like I haven't fell for one of them. Where he just like lowers his shoulder. It, yeah, they're know, still
1: running the the uh, Eric King offense with with him.
0: It reminds me of the uh, the like let your shoulder lean, where you would like, or or for the older folks, he's doing the hokey pokey with his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's putting his shoulder, in, putting his shoulder out. Um, but back to it though you get canard back like that's you can really talk yourself into some yeah. fun things happening next year.
1: Yeah. It's a nice piece for a new play
0: caller to have to
1: yeah. there their right tackle. And and a on, and, well, in the transition of the offensive line, it's just going to be nice to have that, you know, he's the best player. He's one of the best players. He'll be one of the best players entering the SEC next year. So it'd be pretty cool to have him. If you, if you can get him. And I think, the cell is there for Kentucky. It's just him making the decision.
0: Whew. But what, what, I, I would imagine that that would come, you know, within a few weeks. Uh, Oli's going to make an announcement official after the bowl game. I'm sure you'll see a rash of those. One other person I'm curious to, I, I mean, he's a fifth-year guy, but just haven't heard a lot of Boogie Watson stuff. I felt like we eh, – no. he, he eh, never mind, never mind. He was tweeting stuff about being thankful playing for Stoops, but – yeah,
1: are... he had a tweet, he had a post saying thank thankful for this guy for the great five years or whatnot. Five years is a long time. Like those guys, like for getting a guy to come back for a six is a pretty hard sell, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. Stuff just got all in point.
1: You are who you are after five years. There's not much
0: right, right. growing to do, in my opinion. Um, speaking of growing, uh this has nothing to do with growing. NC State's offense—they've got some big-ass wide receivers. Like it, those dudes are enormous. And, Two big ones on the outside, and you sure. lost your 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 big corner with Kelvin Joseph. Like he—he's the kind of guy that like mm-hmm. this is a great matchup for him to sets and looking for draft. And I, I know you know he's boss man fat, but like, dude, going I'm having it. This is all right. There we go. I'm 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 having some technical issues, and it's frustrating. Almost as frustrating as, like, hey, Kelvin, you wouldn't want to put some more tape out there. You played like one year football. Nevertheless, I digress. They've got some big make Hotman's job easier, and this is just shorting out. (laughs) I'm just you're all over the place. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's how we're in 2020. We're in 2020 with some technical difficulties, <laughs> um, some chaos and a cheese it Bowl. Uh, you know, it's just a little bit of everything. Um, but now I've completely lost my train of thought. Oh, NC State's offense. They got big receivers, and they got a guy named Bam at running back. Really like the Bam at running back. Just a great name.
1: I mean, his first name's pretty good, Zonovan. Zonovan.
0: Why does he go by Bam? You don't
1: need to Bam. Yeah. Was like Bam Adebayo had a good first name. He didn't need a nickname. Edris. Yeah, but for the receivers, um, to me, when you look out, like they ba- it's balanced attack. Like he, they dished the ball to a lot of a lot of different people. They've got five guys, I believe, with twenty plus receptions. So they really balance it out. They're tight in. I think it's the most dangerous guy, Kerry Angeline, who's a USC transfer. Um, he's probably got, he's got the least amount of targets, but when they throw to him, good things happen. I believe he's got 20 something receptions and six of them were touch six or seven of them are touchdowns. So when they go to him, good things really happen. So he's going to be a tough matchup and it's really just the balance of their passing game. I think that can make them um, tough to defend. Um, and the these receivers are the main reason why this team ranks top 10 nationally in pass yards of 20 y- 20 plus yards. Oh wow. So they're able to get chunk yards, but when it comes to getting pass plays of 40 plus yards, they're down in the 70s. So it really drops down. It's not a super explosive attack, but they can gobble up some yards.
0: They're yakkers. They're they're not yakkers, if you will.
1: Mhm. They they're they've got some big bodies, they go up and make competitive catches. They do a good job of getting their slot receivers involved in different ways. They mix in some play action stuff off the outside zone, um, which which opens up some things for them, um, for some easy throws for Bailey Hogman. Um, so that's that's really the strength of their team is this passing game. The run game, NC State's got a thing going on, Nick, where the best back doesn't get the majority of the touches. Ricky Person um, has 100. Let's see here, 141 carries on the year. Bam Knight has 131. Uh, Knight has his – he has a yards per carry average 1.12 yards higher per attempt. He's got nine touchdowns. Ricky Person only has four. Um, Bam Knight's success rate is significantly higher. He has a higher big play rate. Um, His negative play rate is significantly lower. But Person gets most of the touches. So, from Kentucky's standpoint, if you can keep Person on the field, you should feel pretty good but night out there is obviously a different weapon, but this team under three yards per carry against bad defenses in Syracuse and Georgia tech. So they have struggled to run the ball. Um, so for Kentucky, it's going to be all about, you can stop the run and get after Hawkman because they have had a leaky pass, uh, pass protection, but Kentucky hasn't been able to pressure the quarterback really all season. So that's kind of a, a matchup right there. And for Kentucky, it's finding a way to eliminate the big plays on, 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 on them in the past game, and so this is a good attack. It's not a great attack. Um, they do some good things well. I, with Dave Doran, one thing I do want to mention is they love trick plays. I've seen reverse passes. I've seen flea flickers. I've seen throwbacks to who knows where. I've seen wildcat throws. I mean, they do a lot of different stuff. So you, have and especially in a bowl game, you have to be aware of that were um, their slot receivers there, Thomas, threw a touchdown pass this year, I believe, or last year. Uh, no, it was this year against Miami. So they do a lot of different things like that. So um, they're a creative offense, and they find unique ways to strike when they can. Um, so for Kentucky, you know, stop the run and don't give up big chunk chunks in the pass game, but that's kind of the, the game plan every week.
0: Yeah, and, and that, that really does fit. Kind of what they do well is, hey, you need to stop some explosive pass plays. Great. Uh, the pass coverage, the, the pa- pass pressure, not the same. And oh, there's Cheez Its and a mullet. Oh, that's great. Mike Gundy. Gundy gets a win. Gosh. Nice win for Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody say that Mike Gundy's like Ron Paul in the regular season, but Bernie Sanders in the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Very funny tweet. Uh, they they do pretty well in bowl games. Miami, I help. They haven't won a bowl game since what the Bush won administration. Jimmy Christ.
1: No, they won. Rick won one, but other than that, they're like one in fourteen or something
0: stupid. So bad. Um, yeah, the fun state that I looked up today was that Jeff Munkin has averaged fifty points per game in bowl games and his three. You know. An army, which is just insane. Like, a, they scored, they owned 70 on Houston. Yeah, my god, that's I remember just, that 70 points. Like, Jiminy Christ, and that's when you know you're just dominating somebody because they couldn't, like, not score when you're getting to 70. It's because you can't not not score. So, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem with Kentucky on Saturday. I know you said door likes doing the trickery stuff. I mean. You're letting Vince Mero call the plays. He's going to do yeah. something like
1: that. We we really don't know. I mean, I don't know what to expect from that. I would expect more. A lot of Chris Rodriguez, but you know, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I think an important part in this game is NC State's traditional run defense is really daggone good. Um, and then them going against Chris Rodriguez is kind of a unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Um, if you want some advanced stats, I tweeted them on my timeline. But, like, it's – I mean, it's the biggest strength on strength as you can get when those two are going at it. But when I look at NC State this year, they've struggled with some QB run element. The Eric King ran all over them. Well, he was the reason that Miami won that game. Malik Willis um, got some productive plays on the ground against them. Jeff Sims, Georgia Tech's quarterback, had success uh, with the Q run game. So, there's some stuff there, I think that Terry Wilson could hopefully take advantage of. Now, quarterback run has been a disappointment for the team all season, but I think that's something they have to have this week. And then from a coverage standpoint, I don't
0: think – go ahead. Real quick, let me stop you there on the quarterback run because today Vince was talking about how well Joey was was playing. And I I know towards the end of the year they've just been like, all right, Terry – you know, this is your last ride, just take us home. Do you read anything into the Gatewood compliments or is yeah. it just Vince making somebody happy?
1: They're trying to keep him around until next year because they need
0: him as a backup quarterback. See, I didn't know if that was the case or if it was, hey, we're going back to Gatewood's hometown. Uh, they're stuck against the quarterback run. Let's get him going north-south.
1: I, I don't buy into that, but I think they are <laughs> – Trying, I wouldn't be surprised they had a package for him for this, but he's going to get loved up on in that program this offseason, I would think.
0: Just because they sure they have two quarterbacks, yeah,
1: because they're going to need him around for the season next year.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're going to trust Cashier and Miscalzo to be the second quarterback. I just don't see it happening.
1: So. Yeah, they're not. You know, it's either it's either have a it's either have a real conversation with Gaywood and then be willing to get into the portal, but you've kind of missed that boat because all those quarterbacks have been gobbled up already. So now the only other option is to make sh- – do what you got to do to make sure he's on the roster next season. And then for yeah. him, it should be – he should be aligned to graduate. So then if he wanted to leave again, he could. But that's really, um, I think, the goal there. And Gatewood, I think that's why – I think you're going to
0: see some comments from a lot of c- coaches about – Gabe would play well and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He should consider the Logan Thomas pathway, though. I mean, like, that dude – forgot what game it was this year, but – um, hell it was a game against my stillers when he like single-handedly beat Pittsburgh former yeah. quarterback yeah. is leading receiver as tight end I mean like that's perseverance the whole like I, I, I get how the whole quarter like uh, asking a black quarterback to change positions there's like it's it's loaded language and you know you, you, you're you judging all that but I, I mean Logan Thomas shows you that like if you're willing to adapt and you're a good athlete, like you can find a home in the NFL. And Gatewood, he might have to have, look in the mirror and have that conversation one day. You know, like, am I am I going to try to, like, keep putting the square peg in a round hole or do I want to be an athlete and, and do athletic, do something different, you know? Now, I'm not saying he needs to do that right away. Kentucky needs to have him as an option at quarterback. But that's just something he might have to, to look in the mirror and say down the road. Mm-hmm. 2018, Kentucky played Central Michigan. They had a guy named Tody
1: Poljan play quarterback.
0: Yeah. Dude's he, going to the
1: NFL as a tight end. That's what I'm getting. He was awful that game. He was, he was so bad. Awful that year. He moves to tight end. Grad transfers to Virginia this year.
0: Has a really good year, and he's going to get drafted as a tight end. He was – the thing that was most surprising about him is he was, just like, so terrible evading the rush because he does – his lateral quickness is awful. Yeah. But when he got those long legs moving, man, he – like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's another one. Uh, but back to NC State from a coverage standpoint.
1: Just in their secondary, I did what teams in Kentucky would just like, you know, screw you. We're just gonna play you press man and you're you're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna bully you at the line. I don't think they're gonna see a lot of press man from NC State. So it should make them getting in their routes easier, should open up some of those sticks and short game. Um, they throw um, so they don't have to beat a lot of press. So passing game should come, I think, a little easier in this bowl game, which is gonna help a lot. But I think for Kentucky to win this game, like I'm I'm mesmerized to see what Rodriguez can do against this defense and against with Kentucky's offensive line. This is the uh, maybe North Carolina, that's the only one really in the ballpark of Kentucky's offensive line that NC State, seen all season in North Carolina, their running backs ran for like 280 yards against them. So, like, I just, I just, how, how does that play out? Is it just, did North Carolina State benefit on this week's schedule with some, a lot of bad offensive lines, some not very good running backs, or does their defense kind of the real deal? I just, I think that that's going to, that's a fascinating thing to watch in this game. Um, it's, one thing I'm really going to look forward to watching and Kentucky didn't really give up a lot of, you know, they've avoided non sack tackles for loss for the most part outside of the quarterback run game. And can they lean on NC state to create some, some things. And then just what does the Merrill offense look like? You know, how many crazy trick plays do we see? Um, what do they try to do different maybe than they've done? There's just a lot of unknowns from Kentucky's
0: side. Uh, you just and don't know. That's why bowl fun. games are fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, like it, but I really feel like when we talk about this game next week, that it's going to be hard for me to. It's going to be a total throwaway game. Yeah, like, like it's hard for me is, to be disappointed in what the outcome is. This game's you know? not
1: going to. Well, it's it doesn't mean anything. But Nick, these bowl, these bowl games control storylines throughout the off season. Yes. Like people de- talk them down, but they, these are big games. Not necessarily, I think, for the players and coaches, but just for the fan base and how they're seeing in a public light. These these things carry weight. And I think for Kentucky, you know, you had a rough season, but we're if you just, go – But Tennessee in. last
0: year, and that Gator mm-hmm. winning this game last year right. with Indiana. But like know, Indiana was actually the good team this season, right, not right. Tennessee. Say so you, you're
1: Kentucky and you go out and punk this NC State team. You run for 260 yards. Your defense keeps them in check most of the game. You at a top 25 t- team. And you can still, like, oh, the SEC is a freaking juggernaut gauntlet. We get, finally got out. We steamrolled another ACC team. And then you can kind of move forward into the year. Like, these games, they don't matter,
0: but they I think they also do matter in a certain way. And even in a loss, I think then it would just be completely, you know, we're turning a new page. And five and six looks a lot better than four and seven. Oh, man, it looks a lot better. <laughs> A lot better. And Kentucky's got a
1: non-conference winning streak rolling a little bit right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, hasn't it, lost to the ACC since
1: 2017 either. Yeah. So, it's – they've won 18. They went 4-0 against the non-con. No, 5-0. Yeah. 19 they, went 5, 19, they went 5-0. So, they got a 10-game non-conference winning streak riding right now. That's nice.
0: Real nice so you, car.
1: So you get that eleven, and you should enter the Louisville game next year with a fourteen-game, not conference winning streak. So they got they got a nice little role going. It'd be nice to see them continue it um, against an NC State team that matches up well with them in a lot of areas. Like any 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 outcome, you talk about NC State blowout, Kentucky blowout, Kentucky close win, NC State close win, I can see happening because bowl games are weird. You just don't know, and these teams are close enough where. It could go anyway in this game. Which what's gonna make it a fun game, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh I hope Ole Miss doesn't steal our shine though. I'm I'm worried that yeah. Ole Miss Indiana, is gonna steal a lot of eyeballs on Saturday. I think uh I'm very I'm just very interested in this line. It's captivated me. Oh, it's gone I, back and forth. It started as UK minus four and went all the way to NC State minus four, and now it's back to U.K. minus three. Yeah, it's a lot of movement. It's swinging just back and forth, back and forth. They
1: It tells me Vegas really does not think very much of NC State
0: in that schedule. The wolf back. I mean, Dave Dorn, too. I felt like Mangus liked to make a punching bag out of him for the longest time. And yet he just keeps hanging around. NC State, we could get into this. They're a program that probably should do better, but they don't. Hell, they had how many starting quarterbacks in the NFL one time? I mean, yeah, right now they've got at least two, Rivers. And Ryan Finley, Brissett, and um, – Well, that's four then. Russell Wilson and uh, – Russell Wilson, if you count him, yeah. And Phil Rivers. I guess they've got two NC State on the and, Colts. <laughs>
1: and a competent NC State – Really, a competent NC State or North Carolina is a death knell to South Carolina. Oh, I love it because if they're in there mixing, like with what Max doing right now, that's another thing no one talked about with South Carolina. Like if he's doing what he's doing, like South Carolina needs to steal players from North Carolina. Right now, Max just locking down the state. Like, and if he's doing that, you're really you're really hurting if you're in South Carolina. I um, really and that want... hurts N- NC State
0: too. I really want Chris Mack, or no, I said Chris Mack. Uh, Mac Brown to beat Jimbo in that final bowl game. And it's yeah. mostly because you're kind of getting a Texas is back moment with that. Like, because like, Texas fans hate AM. So they're going to be cheering for their old coach, but also being like, Shh, why the hell did we fire this guy? So I'm hoping that happens. Uh, I want it to, I'll, I'll really like that number, even though you don't, yeah, you can suck it pal. Uh, <laughs> I I really, I really want North Carolina to, to pull that one away, um, but nothing else. I just want these games to be exciting because it's been all in all a pretty fun college football year. And right now I'm just watching Texas get stopped on yeah. fourth and one. So like we've had some moments, even though they came in unexpected places like that Florida, LSU game did not see that happening yeah. whatsoever at all. And that was incredible. So even though I opened this by talking about just being like, wah, 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 I, I really think we're going to have some unexpected fun over the next few days. I want to live in a world where Oklahoma
1: gasses up Florida in the cotton bowl and Dan Mullen after this great season just enters, enters it with three straight losses and a lot of you know what could be, what oh, it could you, have been, and you couldn't
0: get it done with the Heisman contender, and some, and a right? Contender. And some doubters oh, going into. Oh man. You know, I
1: want to live it to me. I, I want living that, um, because here's the thing about Oklahoma going into this game. They're getting that whole team back next year. Their defense is taking a jump. Like Oklahoma's is going to be legit national title contender in my opinion, from where I'm sitting next year. And this is kind of a catapult for them, in their backyard in Dallas. I think that's a, that's a big game, and Florida's walking in there um, shorthanded, um, to say the least, with all their wideouts um, not playing for the most part. So I just – I want to live in that reality where Oklahoma gasses them up, and then we have – then we get the, the takes on the fine bomb show. Because then all of the – you know, they control the East, and like, you know, it was a launching pad over Georgia. All that's kind of over if you end the season losing three well, straight games.
0: Especially, two. Yeah, Georgia, which Freddie, he's ready to see Georgia quit. I think Georgia, like, as much as I know your boy Desmond Ritter, you know, Tiger Tech, whatever, I think Georgia having an offense, like, they're another one of those teams that – Yeah, this is a launching pad for them for next season. it really is. Um, Having JT Daniels back, so, like, I'm very excited to have – uh, well had, you had fun Florida you missed your chance to to surpass Georgia like I I really want that to happen yes let us yeah let me live in that like give me that reality because Dan Mullen just drives me insane I just cannot stand the guy like he is he is going to end up being Musbury you're you're my he's already
1: he's about on that level for me I just <sighs> he's so that bad. whole the thing with Missouri and then the Star Wars thing and then he gets a show cause
0: oh and He uh, didn't like – he did the thing at Vandy where he thought he was cute and didn't let the team go in the locker room.
1: And then a couple years before, he walks over there like
0: he's going to fight Derek Mason. Yeah. I'm just – I'm just over him. The only idea he has is screaming at Todd Grantham and keeping him around to just drive Florida fans insane. Which that's another thing. Like,
1: (laughs) we just saw LSU and Alabama kind of slice up Grantham's defense. Now we've got – Lincoln-Riley had three weeks to cook up a game plan. Oh, God. And what I'm calling – what I think is going to – I think that's a big game for Oklahoma. So, we, we could see an outburst or two. on. Set. You didn't really see it against Alabama, but Florida needs their defense to play well probably to win this game. That's and so Mullen cool. probably knows that going in. So, if they have some moments, there's going to be uh, an, a, a burst or two on the sideline.
0: Ooh. Um, well, let's run it back. Uh, Grantham Part 2 at UofL. <laughs> I don't uh, think that that defense quarter would go anywhere. It wouldn't be as fun uh, as a Brian Van Gorder part two, but it would still be fun, nevertheless. So uh, let's just get Grantham with
1: Orgeron down there in the Bayou. Oh my God! You want to
0: talk about some sideline action going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, look it we 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 you you talked a lot about at length how. This game might unfold the Gator Bowl down in Jacksonville. You're going to be there. I will down here right now. Yeah. So I just I I, I'm just curious your thoughts on just attending the game and like what that's going to be like. Just I don't I don't know what to expect from afar, but I'm sure you're excited to be there.
1: Yeah. The the rain has kind of been teasing us all week. It keeps getting pushed back. Like, it was supposed to rain Thursday and Friday. Now it's supposed to rain Saturday. Then the weather report today says it's not supposed to rain till afternoon Saturday. So that's something to watch out for is the forecast as we move along. I I covered one game at Kroger Field this year, but I didn't go to one all season as a fan. So I really don't know what to expect at some of these games. Well, like what the
0: you, atmosphere is like. What, you know what you can't expect? Some right. some ice cold Bud Light time. There's yeah. at least going to be that there. Florida, um, there is a mask mandate,
1: but it's not super heavily enforced. I'll say that down here,
0: um, oh, yeah,
1: it's at, at in Louisville, you go to a restaurant, like you can't sit at the bar or anything, right? You can sit at the bar in Florida, <laughs> so it's a little, a little more loose down here. So, yeah, yeah. I think maybe they may. You know, we, we saw some games in the SEC this year where maybe they weren't really enforcing um, social distancing as people move down to the lower levels. Um, it seems like tickets are there's plenty of t- available tickets. So, if you're thinking about making the trip or whatnot, worried about getting tickets, you could definitely get that. But I, I don't know, right. I, I, I haven't been to game like this, so um, I don't. All games are weird, so I'm hoping to see um, some weird action.
0: Yeah, I, I I think that it's it's safe to say that this game will get weird, and like I, I know we're typically in the predicting business, um, but like I have no idea what to expect other than a lot of Chris Rodriguez carries and. What I want to happen, I want Terry Wilson to have a good game. Uh, I want him to go out on top for all the storylines you mentioned, and to to leave the Big Blue Nation with a good taste in their mouth. So that's what I'm wanting to happen. I mean, you know, maybe a trick play here or there. You know, uh, yeah. Ooh, what if a tight end instead of catching a big pass throws a big pass? Not just saying. <laughs> and also, I would keep an eye on Max Duffy too. Like we, he talked about maybe doing the keeper thing more often. Only happened once this year because they screwed it up in the first game. So, just yeah, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, let's you know, what's the line from
1: the water boy?
0: Oh, uh, last game of Dan the year, Fouls. can't hold anything back now. Yeah, that's yeah. the best commentating. Dan Fouts has ever done. What a clown <laughs> that guy sucks. He's terrible.
1: It's, it's, it's that kind of game, especially with like, everything Kentucky's got going on, COVID year. You know, I think it could get weird. We'll see. Um, really, you just want to hope the team plays well. I think it's been promising to hear some of the comments coming out. How get. though I think the word giddy's been thrown out. Yeah, joy. Uh, and I've, you've heard multiple players talk about the importance of playing well in this bowl game because the season didn't go as they wanted to. So, I think you're going to see a motivated Kentucky team.
0: I think their um, from, heads are
1: in the right place. Right. From NC State's side, they're coming off better than expected year um, so you know what's the motivation factor for them you don't know um, so we'll see uh, again like I said I think it could go either way I really do I think Kentucky needs to get positive play from the quarterback position but the
0: game could go anyway here oh man and it's going to be a doozy Saturday at noon it's going to be a long day for the big blue nation you've got cats in the gator bowl at noon six o'clock Kentucky Mississippi State stark Vegas, so gonna be gonna be a long day and hopefully like that double header a few years back uh, during the bowl game the early game is a winner so it's all gravy from here on out What's what yes. game losing streak huh I don't even know what you're talking about it's just a gator bowl that's all we're worried about so let's hope that happens and that we all have a, a very happy new year amen brother alright well 2020 get the hell out of here We'll see you all in 2021 after the Cats kick NC State's ass in the Gator Bowl. Until then, I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. We appreciate y'all listening to 11 Personnel. See you next year.